This is All Things Tibet Podcast. <laughs> I am Brittany. I am Francesca. And Taylor is currently flying from Canada to the U.S., so she's not going to join us in this bonus episode. But today we are starting the 12 Days of Tibet. Francesca, how did we decide that we were going to do 12 Days of Tibet? People, the people wanted wanted more All Things, uh, all things Tibet podcast-related stuff, so... A few weeks ago, I said, let's do the 12 days of Tibet. And today is day one. Here we are. <laughs> no time like the present. Exactly. Start it. Oh my God. Sorry. I just totally, it's been a long day. My God. Have you um, been? I feel like I haven't spoken to you, which is a lie because I, I talk know. to you every day. I know. It's been a while since we've had a Zoom though. Yeah. So we, we wanted to do an all things Tibet countdown to Christmas because yes there has kind of been an overwhelming um response since we've been sharing a little bit about our Spotify rap this year and things like that folks want to hear us God only knows why I don't know I don't know why you all love us so much or like listening to us I don't but thank you and we appreciate all the love um we, do. we have fun doing it we do it's been nice to take a little bit of a hiatus though um uh-huh. Because, uh, I don't know, as easy as it should be for us to just sit around and talk about Tibet every week, um, it's still like a job, right? I mean, it's still a thing we do. It's just another thing on the do list, uh, the never-ending to-do list that we have as a society, I feel like. It is. No, it definitely is, because it's a commitment. I mean, we've had to schedule time to get together, and we had to schedule time to watch the episode again, make our notes, sit here, talk to each other either I or Taylor would edit and and we were all this season or the last part of this season since you joined us and Taylor came back all three of us were on different time zones yes (laughs) so that was a little bit of bitch to schedule the text messages (laughs) yeah nonetheless nonetheless we manage and we're Mm. here today to to give the people what they want so to give you what you want yes so Today we are going to talk about, so basically how this is going to work is we're going to talk about a different scene every day. And it's going to be some good episodes, some not so great episodes. And of course, we'll just start with one that falls um, kind of on like the more depressing side, (laughs) because anything having to do with Tibet in season three is just kind of sad. Um, Don't ask us why we decided that we were going to start with a sad season three one. It just came to us. We were like, that's it. That's the opening. But I think it's, it holds true to how Tibet kind of is, right? Because all season of Gen Q season two, we were like, oh my God, we're so pumped up to see Tibet on the screen together to be immediately disappointed. So that is what we're doing here. We are just wanting you all to relive the same feelings you had in Gen Q, uh, where you were super pumped. And now you're probably like, shit, I don't even want to listen to this because they're going to talk about season three. So we're talking about when Bet was unemployed and was fine trying to find ways to make money and tina decided that she was going to go back to work and she talked to helena about this opportunity and so specifically what we want to talk about is the fact that they were on two different train like two different train of thoughts right they were not of course common themes to bet they were not communicating so tina is like signing her life away for this new job even though Bet wasn't really on board with that. Um, and then you have Bet who is willing to sell her 
Kiki Smith's Kiki yep. Smith, right? Yeah. What do you think about that scene, Francesca? Uh, I think it's really heavy because you see, maybe it's good that Taylor's not on this one so I could slander Tina a little bit. Oh boy. <laughs> no, and it's not even slander because you know I love Tina, but yeah. season three Tina is a different type of Tina. Yeah. She is really on like another level of dramatic in my opinion. Um, yeah. And so Tina's like stressed about everything under the sun and I think when Bette decides to sell these prints, like she is giving up a piece of herself, a piece of her soul. Like she's making an ultimate sacrifice for her family because mm -hmm. she has to, which it still to, in my mind does not make sense how they were so destitute for money. Okay. I, just, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. Um, but and yeah, maybe think, we don't know their finances right but maybe it could have been that tina was just nervous that they didn't have a steady stream of income yeah i think that yeah that that's that was more that was more scaring her than anything yeah and i think so for me with bet making those actions you know she's she's giving up some of her most important pieces of herself for her family the sacrifice is so great mm -hmm. where tina's taking a job which i think is really important because it leads to tina's independence Mm -hmm. and Tina you know reforming herself which gets them back together in season five like building that confidence and everything and like building her own identity outside of Bet. but mm -hmm. I think in the moment I think Bet is sacrificing a lot more than Tina is sure sure I also think one of the ways I um something that just kind of came to my mind so we know that the original L word was pretty biphobic in a lot of the things that they did and sad and made the characters do and one of the things i wonder is we see such a shift with tina mm -hmm. and a lot of people like to reference like her attitude during this era of time i almost wonder if it was intentional that they already kind of wanted us to be pissed at her so that when when they introduced her being with a man again that there would just be like this instant well of course like we're not even going to give her the benefit of the doubt that kind of makes sense for like that time yeah because there they was this huge shift yeah they want yeah they, i feel like they really wanted us to dislike tina and it was easy to set it up like that you know just something but then looking back you look at that haircut and you look at those dresses and you're like how could you hate her yeah they really had us they really had us uh twisted emotions to say the least i love the way she looks in season season three so much so much but it's my favorite tina era actually and it just makes you wonder what went wrong in season four with the hair because wow those layers did not did not do her justice like you go from this really cute like cut bob and then you go to like these very soccer mom layers but well sometimes some, we'll have to do like top 10 most disastrous haircuts of the l word at oh, some point. <laughs> yes yes full, yes that and is i know a lot that. of people like harp on the fashion too but in a lot of ways the haircuts they really there are no, no. excuse no excuse no. okay um so yeah, I think that scene overall for bet and tina as much as like season three sucks and it hurts and this that the other thing that scene is such a, a turning point for yeah. both of them you see that's that that's soft not her soft side but like her sacrificing 
and then you see Tina kind of going after what she wants or what she thinks she needs. Yeah, for sure. And I also, um, I think that, I don't know if, again, I don't know if it was the intent of the creator or the writers to want to do this, um, but I feel like anytime Tina and Bet are in like a state of hardship or, you know, just not doing their best, it always kind of comes back to this theme of them not communicating. And I, I feel like in some ways they make it so blatantly obvious to the audience because they want to make sure that we get it. Mm -hmm. But then it also makes me want to like bash their heads in like clunk because how do they not see it? They're both so smart, but they don't see yeah. it. How do they not see these revolving themes even present day? It always I, takes someone else to see it for them. Yeah, and then they're like, ah, like, come on yeah I don't know how you could be so disconnected and I know people and we've all talked about it it's like okay season three Tina was still hurt by Bet's cheating because I never really resolved that which is completely fair and valid right Bet was really trying like really 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 trying yeah and Tina just was not I don't know I feel like they just could have did so much more to save the relationship in season three like yeah I especially agree. after just having a child with someone and I think going into the rest of season three especially when she's with Henry I don't remember how I felt when the first when, when it first aired when, no, the first when I first watched it I first uh, aired how old were you how old were you in like uh 06 <laughs> oh in 06 I was like 11 or 12 yeah so when we were just like casually watching it all work when we were preteens <laughs> I had a friend who did um <laughs> no, but when I watched it the first time, I don't remember how I really felt. I can't remember if sure. I really hated Henry or if I hated that she went to a man. I, I can't remember what my exact emotion was. But I did really hate that it's like you just had a child with someone. And at that time, it was so it was so horrible for, um, you know, queer partners to have kids that, you know, you're just you're you're completely doing a 180 on your personality and and I think why I hated Hen like Henry I hated so much was because I felt like he was like forcing Tina to live a heteronormative life like well it's just mm. better if you're with me what if I want to adopt Angie what if yeah. this what if that's like honey you've known her for 10 minutes yeah like she just spent 10 years yeah. almost with this woman planning to be with each other and have a child Right. So you don't you don't get after 10 minutes to say, hey, you shouldn't let her adopt Angie as the second mother, because what if one day we get married, then I could be Angie's father. Like to me, that's the sickest part of the whole thing is letting is that a man came in, started mansplaining how their sure. relationship should be. Well, and on the flip side of that, too, it also shows how much better they have managed this you know, bisexual women in relationship with men, because you see a totally different um, approach to things with Tom and Alice in Gen yeah. Q in Tom's whole personality around Alice being bisexual and things of that nature. There's none of that, like shaming or pressure or anything. Mm -hmm. Like he is totally open to doing things at Alice's pace and how she feels comfortable. And there's never this, I feel like it just, they went out of their way so many times to bring up the fact that Tina was bisexual and uh yeah you know almost threw, threw it in her face in a lot of ways it happened on more than one occasion 
Definitely. And I feel like, I, I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like even in today's world, like in reality, yeah. I'm sure there are bi women that get with men and the men are like, well, that was just a phase if you ever were with a woman. Like, I'm sure there's still some sort of gaslighting done and you know what, those men are not valid. Because if you can't support your partner, then what's the point of being in a relationship? Yeah. Amen. Amen, sister. <laughs> but yeah, I think we just wrapped up that that scene. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool. I think that cool. might be the shortest time we've ever talked about a scene. Uh, cool. I'm Brittany. I'm Francesca. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.